Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Hey there, Penn State fans. Blue White Breakdown time. Johnny McGonigal. We are going to talk about Penn State and the draft. We're going to talk about what happened over the weekend, starting with Thursday. We might talk a little bit about next year's draft because I think Penn State fans are going to be excited about that. Johnny, I know you just came back from a hugely successful tour of Texas. I trust you had a great time. We're going to talk maybe a little bit of recruiting too, but uh, wherever you would like to start, Johnny, I'm good with it. Obviously, Sean Clifford, you know what I mean? Good for him. Uh, one, of, one of the more surprising uh, draft picks, I think, of Saturday. But where would you like to start, Johnny? Yeah, no. So te- Texas was fun. You know, me, uh, me and my my dad, my brother went uh, went to a Rangers game on Thursday night. Drove to Austin Friday, uh, hung out in Austin. Awesome, great town. And then went to Houston and watched the Phillies Astros, which was a bunch of fun too. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend and, and a great weekend for not just me personally, Bob, but Penn State uh, with the draft. A great weekend for Sean Clifford. Look, hand up. I don't think either of us thought that he was going to get drafted, and and if he did, we both thought that hey, maybe the seventh round would be you know kind of flyer territory for Sean Clifford. The fact that he went in the fifth round, like I was wrong. I know a bunch of other people were were wrong too. I think it was kind of the stunning the stunning pick of day three. But good for him, you know, good for him. And and the Packers see in him uh, a you know a leader. A guy who's played big time college football for a long time, you know they just lost Aaron Rodgers, so might as well add an, another uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, no, I mean, look, it's, it's a real opportunity for for Sean Clifford to to get on the depth chart and, and just kind of see what you can do on an NFL roster. So good for him, and yeah, a good weekend overall for Penn State, who had uh, yeah quite a few guys go. Six guys drafted, I believe it was third in the Big Ten between, behind Ohio State, and Michigan. Can't, can't really complain at all if you're James Franklin or the the coaching staff that helped recruit and develop these guys. Yeah, so yeah, you'd mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is going to probably be the starter barring an injury, but look at their depth chart. Uh, I think Sean's going to slot in there as long as he hits the ground running. He's probably going to be the backup in 2023, and who knows? The Packers are eventually going to have to make a decision on Jordan Love. Uh, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I just want to circle back to uh, – Deshaun, real quick, you everything you said is right. I thought seventh round best case, but I was like getting ready to think about writing the Deshaun Clifford free agent story at some point. But you know, he went in the fifth round. You know what, Johnny? I I remember when we were at Pro Day and we split up. You know, Penn State had a bunch of guys work out for the scouts uh, and, and GMs, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, the uh, the guys who were at the combine were were obviously there. They didn't really do that much. But the pro day was really for the guys who did not, you know, get invited to the combine. Sean was one, Nick Tarburton, Jonathan Sutherland, Crystal, another one. But they had they had a bunch of guys there. And we split up the the interviewing duties. And I think, you know, I don't know if you got to listen to any of Sean, but I wrote a story about this. He was 
he was livid that he did not get invited to the combine. And he, you know, you could tell he was on a mission. And afterwards, I think he was hoping somebody would ask him about, you know, not getting invited to the combine. Somebody did. And he said, you know what? My body of work at Penn State speaks for itself. Absolutely was dis- disrespected. I think there were 15 or 16 quarterbacks at the combine. I didn't check Johnny to see if they all got drafted. But you know what, Sean, to me, just, you know, he, he was at Penn State a long time. But I, I think he, he always struck me as a guy that the more fuel for the fire, the better. He was always going to use it, I think, in a positive way. And I think, you know, I'm not saying his pro day got him drafted, but I think the Packers are one of the teams that were interested in him, you know, all along. I don't know if he visited there, but they definitely they definitely reached out to him. So they followed up on it. And you know what? I have a funny feeling Sean Clifford's trying to – he is determined to try and see how he can get to become the, the Packers' starting quarterback. And I mean that quite sincerely because he's faced competition, Johnny, almost from the time he set foot on Penn State's campus. You know, he was, he was behind Trace McSorley. Everyone assumed that, uh, you know, Tommy Stevens was going to be the heir apparent. Tommy wasn't healthy, I think, in the spring of 2019. Sean was still young. He took that opportunity, got a lot of reps, ran with it. And next thing you know, Tommy's out the door at Mississippi State. So I think the moral of the story is you can't you can't really count the Sean Cliffords of the world out. No, you can't. And um, and, and to that end, you mentioned the combine. And I believe there were 15 or 16 quarterbacks that were invited. There were 14 quarterbacks drafted over the weekend. So at least one or two of them uh, that went to the combine or were invited did not get drafted. And Sean Clifford did. Yeah, so I mean, look, credit to him, credit to his his uh, his mentality, his approach. Uh, you kind of knew that at the very least, if if a guy like Sean Clifford gets in a room with an NFL coach uh, or a GM or a scout or executive, that he was gonna he was gonna do well in those interview phases. I mean, look, frankly, at his pro day, I didn't think he threw all that well. I think he was pretty inconsistent. Uh, you know, the, the forty time that he ran was really good. And of course, like when you're when your swan song, when your last bit of college tape is being the, the Rose Bowl MVP and lighting up Utah's defense like Sean did, uh, that's that's best taste in your mouth to, to go into go into a pre-draft process and have that tape and have that be your last game and have that confidence just oozing from that last game. So yeah, I mean, even despite not being invited to the combine, Sean felt like he was in a good position. That was evident by him going in the fifth round. I, I like really when I saw that, I was just like, again, good for him. That is is really surprising. Yeah, I believe now all four starting quarterbacks or all four quarterbacks who've started a game under James Franklin has been drafted. You go back to Christian Hackenberg, um, Trace McSorley, Will Levis, and and Sean Clifford. Because I don't think Tommy never started, right? I and Tommy and Tommy started, so or uh, Tommy got drafted. So even if he did. I don't believe he's ever started under James Franklin, but yeah, I mean, it's a feather in the cap for Franklin and and again, the coaching staff and for Sean specifically. And also like guys around him got drafted too, which was really cool to see, you know, Drew Scruggs going in the second round, I thought was awesome for him who, you know, most NFL draft um, analysts picked him as like a fourth or fifth rounder. But I remember talking to Juice at, and I believe you might've talked to him too after pro day, uh, he said that he thought that he was going to go in the second or third round. Like he was confident about how much he had been rising up draft boards. Uh, Brenton Strange goes in, goes in the second round. Joey Porter Jr. probably disappointed to go in the second round, but happy with where he landed. Yeah, overall, good draft weekend uh, for Penn State. But the headliner, I, I think, other than Joey Porter, is Sean Clifford getting drafted and where he got drafted. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Juice. We, I was going to say in a little bit, we could just talk about like maybe uh, our favorite fits for the Penn State. Uh, there were a couple for me that that stand out, but if Sean was a surprise, I think Juice going that early was a surprise to me. I just I, I didn't I didn't know that he, even though he played a lot of football for Penn State, especially in 2021 and 2022, he was actually a pretty. They were starting to they were starting to bring him along during the COVID year of 2020. Uh, they they played him a lot. He didn't he didn't necessarily start, but. His back injury uh, early in his career, just just overcoming that, I'm sure it was a lot more serious than a lot of people realized. And there was really, you know, that's the kind of thing that teams will be wondering about, even though, you know, he came back to play. But for him to go in the second round to the to the Texans, I mean, I think that is right there uh, as in terms of a pleasant surprise right there with maybe Sean Clifford, because that's that that is something I, I also I don't know if you noticed, but uh I think the Texans took two centers. So one of those guys, I know that Juice can play guard. I think the other guy that's listed as a center could play guard. And I know that they, they need some depth. The Texans could use all the depth they did. They did, But I was just wondering if Juice was looking at day three and they, they saw that he took another center. But I don't think Juice really cares because you go in the second round, you're, you're going to make the team. So very happy for him. I think that he was maybe one of the most popular guys at Penn State, not only not only uh, from a teammate's perspective, but I just remember a couple of times during the season, James Franklin talking about really how he was really the unsung hero, uh, maybe to the whole Penn State team last year because of they had so many injuries. But, and he, he he never came out of the game because they didn't have – Connor Norside had to kick the left guard. And he played. He played well. He got better as it went. So um, I think the Texans are really getting – uh, a terrific player. I'll be really curious to follow his career. I'm happy for him. My favorite fit had a Penn State teammate drafted with him on the same team. To me, my favorite fit is Parker Washington going uh, going to the Jags, I believe. I think it was in the sixth round. Brett Strange went a pick ahead of Juice, and he was also taken, I think, by the Jaguars. But that, to me, I think I, I can really see Parker Washington healthy that being a steal for Jacksonville and, and Peterson will use him wisely and to, and to be in a passing game with a guy like, you know, Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback when there's a lot of other weapons on that team. I think if, I think if he's healthy and all indications are that he is, Johnny, he could have a really nice career and sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. We talk about fits. I like all the fits for these guys. I, I really do. And, you know, Clifford, we mentioned uh, Jordan Love being the quarterback there now and, I believe they just gave him a one-year extension. Um, but short leash. Short leash. Yeah, you don't know exactly what you're going to get out of that. You mentioned Juice and how he fits in with the Texans. Uh, that's a that's a growing roster, you know, to put it nicely. Um, so they're going to be relying on their younger players to come in and play. Um, and they'll probably be, you know, drafting high again, but they're not going to be a good team. And so he's going to be able to, you know, get some playing time. I really like Brent Strange's fit. You know, you talk about Parker and – I agree. You know, he has a real opportunity to to step into the slot. You know, they have Christian Kirk already there. They've got Zay Jones and, um, you know, Calvin Ridley, whatever he brings. Uh, after <laughs> ended. I mean, he was a stud for, for a minute there. So conservatively, if you're Parker Washington, you come back from this injury and uh, and you're the fourth receiver on, on an offense that has Doug Peterson as its head coach and uh, my guy, Dougie P. And, uh, <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, I think that's a good fit. I also think like I mentioned, Brenton Strange being the tight end there, the all-around tight end, what you need in both the run game and the pass game. Uh, Evan Ingram is the starter, but he's only got he's on an expiring contract. This is his last year. 
uh, getting paid, I think, like 11 million. And I don't know if they're going to bring him back. So the idea for the Jaguars, I'm sure, is like, let's work Brenton in. And I mean, they don't, you don't draft the tight end in the second round if you don't have big plans for him. So I also like Jair Brown. Like I said, I like all these guys fits, but just talking, we haven't mentioned Jair Brown yet. Uh, going to the 49ers, he's a player that, you know, ha- Manny Diaz used all over the Penn State defense last year, you know, picking up sacks, you know, blitzing and pressuring the quarterback in the backfield, as well as, you know, picking balls off and being a ball hawk and, and disrupting in the secondary. I feel like the 49ers defense, the way they the way they're kind of wired, the way they play, um, I think Jair kind of slots right in there. And I think it's a it's a good value for them to get him at 87 overall, because I think he was you could argue he was a fringe top 50 prospect but he could have gone in the middle of the second round. Um, and I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, if you, if you told me Jair Brown was the fourth Penn Stater off the board going into the weekend, I would have, I would have been surprised. I would think, all right, second or third, probably. And then Joey Porter Jr. It's just one of those that makes sense. Uh, like as soon as, you know, when he falls out of the first round and he was there in Kansas city and he, I remember, you know, when we talked to him after pro day, he was. He told us that he was excited to be there, that to walk across that stage, to put on the hat, hold up the jersey, and shake Goodell's hand, all that kind of stuff. And so it sucks that he that he didn't get that opportunity um, on Thursday night that he wasn't drafted in the first round. But to land with the Steelers, with a team your dad played for and won a Super Bowl at, uh, a team that you grew up around, you were at outside facility. I'm here in rainy Pittsburgh, five minutes from where Joey Porter is probably right now. And he had been there so many times as a kid. Uh, practice knows Mike Tomlin's sons. Like, it's just the fit, right? It was the fit that everyone was kind of projecting it, you know, them taking him at 17. They end up moving up and taking Roderick Jones. But when he fell out of the first round and you knew the Steelers were first up in the second, you kind of figured that's where he was going to go. And they needed a corner. Yeah, the Steelers had a good draft. Eagles had a and I think a big part of that for the Steelers is getting Joey where they got him. Yeah, and uh, just to follow back on Jair, I think the Niners traded up to get him. So that was that was a guy that tells whenever you whenever you see that right, you know, whenever you see a team make a move to get a player, that really speaks to where they had him uh, on their board. Um, and as far as Joey goes, I'll tell you, Johnny, um, when when the when the Commanders took that 160 pound corner uh, Forbes from Mississippi State, I was like. This might not go. This night. This might not be Joey's night because that was just to me. I just thought that. I mean, I'm sure the guy's a good player, but 160 pounds. I was. I was. Mike. Micah was on the ble- the Bleacher Report live stream on. Uh, by the way, Penn State fans, if any of you caught Micah on Thursday night, it was an A plus performance. I didn't go in there knowing what quite what to expect, but Micah did his homework. Micah. Micah was. They had. They had a host. He was one of three analysts. He was obviously the the marquee name, but he I thought he was better than any analyst that was that was there. He was prepared. Great theater when Dallas was on the clock, but he was also funny because he he was not happy the Eagles really really knocked it out of the park. But there was a moment there that AJ Brown called in, yeah. like offering him tissues. It was really funny. Like yeah, Micah, it was it was good. It was high comedy. Yeah, but Micah was like when he saw that when he when he reacted to uh, he reacted to Washington take that 160 pound corner. He's like, man, I don't care how good this guy is. You play in the NFC East and you're a corner. You can't be 160 pounds because they're going to run the ball right at you. So we'll see. But my point is that when when he when he went in front of Joey, I was trying to do the math and the needs, and I'm like, well. 
it might be day two for Joey, but I I thought the Steelers were had one of the three best drafts. I thought the Eagles obviously had a great draft. I think the Steelers had a top three draft. The other team I thought that just murdered it was the Seattle Seahawks. Um, if there's any Seattle Seahawks fans out there, they're not going to be down for much longer. They that those guys understand they they don't care what anyone else thinks about your picks. They take the best players on their board. They had a great draft last year. I think they had a better draft this year, but um. Those three teams, I thought, really, really did themselves well. I think, I think the Steelers. Joey was one of. I think, the, I think the Steelers had they had like six or seven picks. They took two Georgia players, and everyone else they took was in the Big Ten. I think they're going to get better in a hurry. I think it's a great fit for Joey, a need, and he's a guy that they're just going to let him play man to man. And if they can rush the passer, he's going to get. He didn't have a lot of interceptions. I don't think he had. He might have had one at Penn State, if if at all, but. He's going to get some chances in the NFL with the Steelers. I'm happy for him, too, because that that Thursday night thing, that could not have been easy, right? And I do think that he was first. I think he was first round worthy. I really do. Yeah. You mentioned, first of all, Bob, you mentioned any Seahawks fans. Maybe maybe there's some Jordan Hill, uh, Gary Gilliam holdovers from uh, <laughs> when they were on the Seahawks, any, any Penn State turned Seahawks fans. But, uh, yeah, they had a good draft. The Eagles had a good draft. And, again, the Steelers getting Joey where they got him. And, yeah, when the Commanders drafted Emmanuel Forbes, you mentioned that 165-pound corner. Uh, as an Eagles fan, I'm sitting there like, great, give me A.J. Brown against him all day. Yeah. Uh, as a you know Penn State writer, keeping tabs on Joey Porter, and like, ah, this is this this might be tough because he is he is kind of scheme specific in that like you know he he's perfect for um, you know press man with the, the tools that he has, uh, and not every team wants that in a corner or you know, plays that or utilizes it. So I think it's a really great landing spot for him. And yeah, emotionally it had to be tough. Uh, so James Franklin and Terry Smith were there in Kansas city with him as well. But, you know, I, I saw, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, Bob, I don't know if you're on Instagram. I am not. I don't think I'm on Instagram. I might've signed up for my Instagram account just so I could read other people's Instagram, but I don't think I'm technically on it anyway. Well, so Joey Porter posted something kind of in, in, a, in a couple of the, the photos in his posts about getting drafted and stuff, kind of like deprecating and, and kind of, you know, just like kind of making making light of not going Thursday night. So he said he, he seemed to have a sense of humor about it and seemed to have a real sense of appreciation of where he's going and, and where he's, I mean, he's he, it's a homecoming for him. He's going he, he made a 30 minute drive from I think it was his parents house to go down for his uh, you know post draft press conference. So. Yeah, really cool for him, regardless of missing out on Thursday night, where he went is, is a real solid landing spot. And again, I think for all these guys, really good landing spots. Yeah, Johnny, and there is a, there might be actually a silver lining to Joey not going in the first round. If he is, if he has a great, if he, if he starts fast, that's a four-year contract he's on. It's not a five-year contract, right? So, like, you know, as a Cowboys fan, Diggs went in the second round, and now he's they're going to have to pay him a lot of money sooner rather than later, so... He can use this to his advantage if he continues to develop and he becomes becomes one of the better corners in the NFL. His payday will come quicker. So that's maybe one thing that might motivate him. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Johnny, before we get into maybe an early look at the 2024 draft, I just wanted to sneak this in, uh, if it's okay. But 
you had kind of said last week that Penn State wasn't done on the recruiting trail, even though you were down in the heart of Texas. Um, I think you were you were you were locked in on them getting a, a yet another player, I think, from the state of Wisconsin. I think they got late last week. And I was looking at they have like five of the or four of the top five or three of the top four players in Wisconsin, which is just crazy to look at that graphic and think of what are they doing? What, what, what are they doing in Madison that this is happening? But did they not? They did. They got somebody last Friday that's going to be a really good player. They did, Bobby. And this was one that, you know, I'd mentioned on the podcast and kind of anyone who covers most people cover Penn State football, like kind of saw this one coming like this. was For me, Bob, this was pre-written on like Wednesday before he committed on Friday. Uh, Corey Smith, uh, four star running back uh, from Catholic Memorial High School uh, in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I really hope I'm saying that right. I'm going to have to learn it if, if I'm saying it wrong. Uh, if that sounds familiar, though, it's because Donovan Harbor, the four-star offensive lineman uh, from Catholic Memorial, also committed to Penn State a couple weeks back now. Um, so teammates joining up in, in State College. Uh, and to go along with those two, Garrett Sexton, who committed uh, last Monday uh, from Arrowhead High School in Heartland, uh, Wisconsin. So three, uh, and, and Sexton's a three-star, four-star, depending on where you look. So we call him a four-star, three, four-star prospects from the state of Wisconsin verbally committed to Penn State's 2024 recruiting class. In the James Franklin era, he had only signed two Wisconsin natives, two scholarship Wisconsin natives. Uh, It's Robert Windsor in 2015 and Jerry Cross in 2022. So looking to to supersede that in one class, uh, Bob. And, um, you know, it's a class that's, again, one of the best in the country at this point. Um, 13 members and, you know, prior to Smith's decision, you know, Penn State's class was ranked fifth nationally on 24 seven sports and sixth on rivals. I didn't check to see if that got bumped up a spot or two, regardless of it did or didn't. This is one of the best classes in the country right now. Um, and it has a lot to do with just picking up these dudes from the cheesehead country. Like it's wild, um, that they've been able to do this, um, that one Wisconsin has kind of allowed it to happen. The Badgers, you know, coaching staff, not, uh, re-offering you know, Donovan Harbor and Corey Smith and not getting on Garrett Sexton until it was way too late. Uh, but also credit to Ty Howell and Phil Troutwine, Jaywon Sider, and uh, Penn State's coaching staff for, for getting this yeah. done. Yeah. Well, so originally my plan was to talk about the 2024 draft in Penn State. But I think that's such a big topic when you think about who could go that that might just be something we're going to save, I think, where we can kind of really – because you know we're we're about twenty five minutes into this this uh, this beauty, so we can really uh, share a lot of thoughts on that. But I will say this though, Johnny, before we go, without cheating, do you know where the twenty twenty four NFL draft is going to be? Is it going to be in Cleveland, or has it already been in Cleveland? You're very close. I'll give Cincinnati? you. You're very. Would you no? But you're super close. So think of an NFL team that's close. That's close to Cincinnati. Or Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. It is Motown, my friend. It is Detroit. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, what I'm getting it at, at is I wouldn't be surprised if you and I ran a jalopy and uh, drive out to the 2024 draft because, spoiler alert, like I know we thought Joey was going to go in the first round, but Penn State has a couple of, a couple of live shooters, I think, for next year and – you know what? I don't want to jinx this guy because I feel like everyone just assumed everyone assumed Joey was going, but 
let's just say odds odds are tilting in Olufushanu's favor next year if he develops. But I don't want to jinx him. I feel bad. But uh, and he's not the only one on that roster that could be maybe invited to next year's draft in the great in the great state of Michigan. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. But I mean, Johnny, I mean, me and you in Detroit in late April, right after the blue white game, that town will not know what hit it. We'll just just stay at the Motor City Casino and just uh, <laughs> that's where I stayed when I when I was covering Pitt. The the, the, the Motor beautiful. City Casino. Oh yeah, so it was. I had to fly out from Philly on Christmas because the Quick Lane Bowl was the day after Christmas. They played Eastern Michigan, whose, whose coaches wore like mechanic gear because they were going to work. And I'm like, what? What the hell is this? Like, I, it turned out to be like a, a good game. But I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna be, you know, God bless the people of Detroit. If I'm gonna be in Detroit on Christmas night, you bet your ass I'm staying in a casino. Um, so at least I, I had something to Careful do there, what but. you wish for though. I hope you, I hope you made out well. I did. I did. So, uh, no, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to run it back, Bob. Yeah. Olu Fashanu, Kalen King, Chop Robinson, all guys who are getting some, again, 11 months and however many weeks and days out from the 2024 draft, but the way too early 2024 mock drafts, all those, uh, that people love getting a lot of love from those. So we'll see. Yeah, who knows? But I mean, I'm just I'm jealous you got to spend Christmas Day with Pat Narduzzi. First of all, you you, you buried the lead, John. You buried the lead. Christmas with Narduzzi. Oh my God! You know the only thing better is if James Franklin got to spend Christmas with Pat Narduzzi. Can you imagine those two breaking bread at Christmas, pretending to like each other? It would be. I would just have a. I would just video that whole thing. It would just be awkward silence and just I don't know. They they got along so well during that series, that four game series. To quote, um, to quote my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation, that would be the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. <laughs> if we had video of those two having dinner to de- together, breaking bread, that'd be that'd be the gift that keeps on giving, Bob. All right, Johnny, let's wrap that up then. Let's uh, c- again, congratulations to all the Penn State guys that got drafted. Also, PJ Mustafer, I think, signed with the Broncos. Chris Stoll signed with the Seahawks. Mitchell Tinsley signed was was it the Titans? Commanders. 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 Am I missing anyone else? Sutherland signed as well, right? A lot of guys getting opportunities in, in mini camps and um, hopefully for all of them training camp and into the season. Yeah. You know what's, Johnny, what's real funny is Chris Stoll's going to play longer than any of them. You watch. He's going to be playing into his late 30s. I heard they don't even have a long snapper on their roster. He was considered maybe the best one in the country. <laughs> and he's going to a great town. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not, it's not necessarily what if you get drafted. It's where you get drafted. And what the what the depth chart looks like. And Chris Stoll will be like 41, you know, and it's gonna be it'll be 20, it'll be 2044. It'll be hanging him up, but he'll be like a billionaire. That's I mean, that's the life, right? That's that's the life. So yeah, props to Chris Stoll, who's got his uh next 20 years already mapped out. All right, guys, we'll be back. I think Johnny and I might be back. Or it'll be Johnny and I, or Dave and I, or maybe it'll be Dave and Johnny. I don't know. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna mess around in the month of May and we're gonna see what happens. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.